Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world, from border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea. I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning in to the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. My guest today is none other than Michelle Darnell, President and Chief Commercial Officer at Secure Exchange Solutions. Secure Exchange Solutions is a industry-leading health information provider formed to enable simple, secure, and scalable connections between healthcare communities. Michelle, welcome to the Tate Chronicles. Thank you, Jim. Very nice to meet you, and I'm delighted to be here. You know, some of the first things uh, before uh, we kind of take on the whole issue of interoperability, which we're going to at least uh, touch on some of the high points uh, and challenges, is I want to know a little bit more about the work that's done and services provided by Secure Exchange Solutions. Um, what challenges of interoperability do your clinical exchange platforms address? Um, many challenges, Jim. So I'll, I'll give just maybe a little bit of background first on right. Secure Exchange and then uh, touch on our customers and um, uh, try to try to ferret out a few of the challenges. Great. The, um, so, so I currently, uh, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders co of Secure Exchange Solutions. Um, I currently serve as the president and we are also a Centuri, Centauri Health Solutions company. And um, just by way of background, we launched the company commercially in 2012 and our initial plan was to create, so if you think back to 2012, um, there, there, there was some interoperability, but not much. Um, but so our initial plan was really to create a clinical directory routing service, and um, that would help providers, regardless of whatever health technology they had in their facilities or settings, to share information in a seamless way. So that that was an initial challenge we started with, um, and. You know, as part of all of that, we um, built out a cloud-based health information service that initially offered, um, you know, exchange, i.e. the name, exchange and, and secure communications between physicians and hospitals uh, in the early days. And, you know, that expanded over time to um, labs, health plans, intermediaries, and patients. And in you know, we're often found optimizing workflows, um, kind of last mile connectivity mm. that still isn't covered by other, you know, solution providers and uh, supporting care care management in general. Um, as we've morphed and really evolved the solutions um, and we became part of Centauri Health Solutions in late 21, uh, we further broadened the offering um, which also supports other challenges. And, you know, as part of Centauri, Centauri are really focused on the lives and health outcomes of patients and members. They improve that, those areas through outreach and analytics and our connectivity and by using sort of a data-driven approach. And so 
the combination of what we do and then also combined with Centauri um, really affects the in, entire ecosystem, which is an important part of the background, both provider side and plan side. Um, and so to touch on like challenge areas, uh, our customers range really across a very broad spectrum of um, users, all the way from the very small mom, mom and pop, you know, primary care physician office might be one two dot shop, um, all the way up to major, you know, global health systems that support many facilities, hospitals, the whole network. Um, you can find our solutions in um, long-term care facilities, skilled nursing facilities, behavioral health settings, uh, specialty pharmacies. Really, it is a very broad set of users and um, looks like sort of across the network about a half a million customers that are um, actually registered on our network that covers about 110,000 organizations, provider organizations. Uh, but what makes this even broader is that we are integrated with um, more than 100 different health information technology partners and 60 different health information networks. So that expands the reach um, much broader than the customers that are provisioned on our network because through our integrated solution partners, so those healthcare technology partners could be electronic medical record solution vendors, it might be pop health solution vendors, it could be patient engagement uh, solution vendors, the whole, you know, a whole spectrum. We actually have a very broad reach across the nation. And the same applies with the health information exchanges and, and health networks. So in, in, in this role, oh, by the way, we're also a credentialed health information service provider. That's a HISP and a certificate authority. So we also operate in the direct trust network, which is uh, fairly broad as well. So on back to your question though sure. about challenges, the um, our, our uh, sorry I had to uh, to come back to the question here. Um, sure. The, the I I would say on at, at the core, um, we're often um, helping providers reach gaps um, around care transitions and care management, and that that might just be by basic um, basic bidirectional exchange. Our alerting platform, which is called Notify, helps us really um, provide more intelligence to the exchange and solve some very specific problems. So in the um, Notify offering, we are monitoring patients or members, and we're also communicating to providers about critical health events. And so that's that's important because of a number of different things if i'm on the uh, provider side of the equation i want to ensure that uh, i i have a challenge about you know ensuring that downstream providers um, long-term care post-acute care um, even home services have some indication of what's going on with the patient and are alerted that the patient was actually admitted into a facility mm -hmm. um, some event happens in the middle and then discharge. And so 
um, our notify alerting solution is actually helping with um, care transitions, care management, um, patient monitoring, um, and then also today uh, provider engagement because we're using that same network to deliver critical um, gap information also to the provider that's, you know, useful in terms of actionable insights, you know, on, on a patient that enters their office. Um, so those are kind of two big problems. The other big problem set that we're solving with our spot and fetch solution is that we are very prescriptively gathering clinical information across the nation, really across the whole fabric of exchange. So that's everything from direct connections to EMR connections to HIE connections to trust network connections um, to so sort support very specific use cases around care management and quality and also um, risk adjustment. And so uh, those are three broad areas, but in those areas, um, there's also generally a challenge around um, just in general, like provider um, electronic ability and knowing like mm -hmm. who's out, there, who's connected, mm -hmm. who can I share with, who can I communicate with, um, you know, electronically. So we help solve those challenges. And we also help solve the challenge of just the right information at just the right time, because um, the you know care transitions exchange is awesome for care but not appropriate for other types of use cases and so through our you know combined um collection of intelligent you know sharing of information and then the ability to gather it on a very prescribed basis for certain use cases and then to curate it in a way that can be used downstream all of those those really add up to uh, providing really solving challenges that are um, just around, you know, as free. That's great. But on each end, everybody's got their own workflows, their own systems, their own enterprise systems that don't all really speak the same. Right. Right. That's kind of a, a question I have. And, um, uh, you know, kind of the customization because uh, interoperability and, and your work exists within a framework that is also affected by regulatory compliance <clears throat> and federal legislation and ONC and CMS rules. Um, and so there are folks out there who are uh, fire enabled. There are folks uh, out there on the network who uh, maybe have the capability to generate a CCDA, but maybe have never done it. Uh, and now we've got Tefka coming in. So, um, it's a lot different than picking up my phone and calling a phone number in California and somebody can answer. So uh, how much customization is needed depending on the level of, I guess, uh, technological advancement these different entities have? Right. Well, I think we've long, we've been a long time champion of standards and a standard based approach. So we sort of, live and breathe in that, you know, um, those standardized exchanges in the early days, if you recall, 
there were you know many many of these hl7 mm -hmm. exchanges and interfaces across the um, network and um, the CCD has been a valuable ad, the CCDA, and of course, as we move to USCDI, it even gets better and better and better in terms of the content of the structured information. So we, as an intermediary, live and die by the ability to, you know, sort of engage and gather in, um, in a structured way data in a standardized way, same, you know, whether it's fire or through an API access or through um you know another maybe more legacy integration we are still operating as an exchange network we're often operating in structured data and we may combine that with unstructured information because that's all we can find in some mm -hmm. cases but you know it's um we generally are sort of operating in this structured way on the customization front i think what we found is that we really tried to um, promote on both, you know, on both sides that standardization is where this is all moving. Let's move you as much as possible to a standard approach. But even as we have, as we say that, while the information we may be able, you know, to share uh, intelligently out of an EMR and it comes out in a structured fashion, uh, the receiving party maybe doesn't have an EMR or perhaps they or not, um, they have an enterprise system or some type of analytics system and haven't yet figured out how to configure that to bring inbound, you know, clinical data in a structured format. So that's where we really bring some value, whether it is, um, you know, it's a home, home care delivery nurse that needs the information routed securely in an encrypted package, but viewable in a way that's understandable because they don't have an EMR system. We bring value in that area. You know, if it's an enterprise um, system, perhaps that is looking at care management and care coordination and all of their care management nurses are using their enterprise application for that, we'll, you know, move the data down you know we may need to push it via fire or we might need to push it in a uh, different mode so that um and map it in a different way so that it gets into the receiving system you know in a in the in the right way or um whether we're transmitting and then transforming the information back into mm. uh, a structured format so a provider um, downstream can actually receive it inside their, you know, their EMR system, because in some cases that's a, that's a, you know, great powerful pathway that we can use as well to solve, you know, problems so that what is received is actually actionable and not just, um, you know, a set of information that gets stuck in some messaging inbox. <laughs> exactly. Uh let me mention to our audience, if you're just joining this podcast, I'm Jim Tate, and you're listening to the Tate Chronicles. My guest today is Michelle Darnell of Secure Exchange Solutions, and the topic is interoperability. Uh, Michelle, I'd like to uh, kind of turn uh, and um, uh, get some commentary from you or, or your thoughts uh, on kind of some high-level things about interoperability. The first uh, thing I'd like to hear your response to is, where are we in the issue of patient identification? Has that been solved? Are we able to tell who the patients are that we're trying to aggregate data about? Um, I would say that um, we, I, I would say that the problem still exists, Jim. 
but uh, so it's important to, you know, partner with um, organizations that can help you with the problem, right? Um, patient identification, especially as you look at reaching across the aisle and collaborating, you know, collaboration, for example, in value-based care between providers and payers, not just in the provider setting, becomes even more important, right? And so um, patient identification, you know, it's important to have the right technology that supports the ability to uh, understand not, not only, you know, who the patient is, and what demographics are associated with the patient, but also to be able to align and attribute patients to um, providers. And so through our uh, alerting solutions and also our retrieval solutions, we're you know combining a number of different technologies to uh, support what is um, maybe already been identified through sort of the the network, but yet that we need to further identify and associate and attribute to a provider who might be receiving some information about a patient. So it's, um, you know, I, I don't think this problem, this, this, because we haven't moved to any single patient identifier, et cetera. So we will continue to need to um, you know, support this with technology that can understand who the patient is, understand the demographics about the patient, be able to attribute the patient to the provider and align um, the patient with that provider and share share information on that part to ensure that we're sharing you know the right information at the right time. Um, uh, another topic that um, I don't know if I would say I worry about it, but I certainly think about it from time to time is uh, providers, um, if in an attempt to make the interoperability uh, domain as robust as possible, they could become overwhelmed or uh, with information. There could be too much information. Um, you have any thoughts about that or have you seen that happen or, or, or what can be done about that? I, I'm just thinking if you open the faucet and you get, uh, you know, too many uh, encounter summaries or, or, uh, or procedure notes, you know, too much more than you possibly won't. You might, provider might ignore import, important things. And I don't know if, if AI will be able to take all that stuff and, and just get it concise. I mean, what are your thoughts about that, Michelle? Yeah, well, I think it, it is a, um, we, it's like pro provider fatigue. Yes. And I, uh, I'm always talking to my, uh, you know, to our customers and partners in the industry. And it's a, you know, it's a real problem because the more, more data that's available, that's great. Um, but then that also often, um, especially, you know, creates data that gets shared maybe automatically that is not viewed as useful or the mm -hmm. data is um, too long and too complex to be useful. And so therefore gets ignored. And I, I think your point on, um, AI and curation of data is really important because um, it will bring the ability uh, to sort of uh, potentially, you know, ferret out and curate uh, just the information for the specific use case, which is really kind of what we're doing with Spot today. But I think on the provider fatigue, that data is not always being transferred to a provider, might be being transferred to 
you know, a plan care management system or something or analytics. Um, but on the provider front, we've found, and this is something that we uh, coach and educate all of our customers who are using Notify, uh, especially, is that you need to be able to um, really fine tune the information exchange, uh, even alerts that are important and they're critical, but they need to be fine tuned for your, um, you know, for your receiving party who's has subscribed in to receive these alerts from you. And so um, in our case, sometimes those alerts are sort of near time events that are happening, like the admission or discharge, but mm-hmm. it also be like crit- kind of critical clinical gaps related information but um it's important that those are um a very clinically relevant and um useful that they're packaged in a way so they can delivered in an actionable portion actionable portion of the emr system so that you know if there's uh, michelle darnell's and in the office that what is associated with her you know shows up at that time so that it can actually be acted upon and that it's not just you know uh, pushed in with a bunch of messages many times a day because those get ignored and I, I do believe there's a fair amount of that type of information exchange that just happens automatically um for example between EMR system. So it's very important that the information that's shared have uh, clinically relevant, summarized and kind of curated data for the specific use case. That makes so much sense uh, to me, Michelle. Um, you know, um, really the workflow or, or the or the process around it, because um, we definitely want to see the important information we don't need to see all the other stuff. And if there's too much of the other stuff, uh, just on a human level, it's it's going to be, I don't know, uh, the threshold of paying attention, uh, yes. you know, uh, certainly changes. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's, that's why we say, I mean, in the early days, we, everyone's trying to free up information, like mm-hmm. share, share information more freely. I think we've made lots of progress in that area, right? But um, in the, our focus now, I mean, we, we added sort of intelligence into that sharing of information. And now we've added even more into the ability to sort of in, get, add, you know, interpret it so that you can share just the right information at the right time. And um, that is important. It'll continue to be important, right? Because as more and more data comes, like whether that's from your EMR system or from your medical device or from mm-hmm. your you know wrist or whatever your you know sure. your apple watch that you're wearing more and more data becomes available so we need to you know constantly be able to refine it to interpret it and to deliver just the right amount at the right time right frequency um so that you know parties know what what is good and actionable information that's a, i think a challenge we all can, will continue to face it, it won't go away um so we have to you know continue to be bringing new technologies and new approaches to that uh, we only have about th- uh three more minutes michelle but i want to ask you to look into your crystal ball or mm-hmm. actually look in your rearview mirror uh, actually look, look in your rearview mirror and your crystal ball and give me a sense uh 
where you believe we are in the trajectory of interoperability. Now, I believe we're never going to get to the end goal. Uh, that's just not going to happen if we have uh, if we don't have universal uh, reimbursement and one EHR system and all that stuff. We're, we're never going to get to that level of interoperability. But we're a lot farther along than we were uh, even five years ago, much less 20 years ago. So uh, are we still at a steep portion of it? Are we at the middle of, you know, transition in the interoperability? Uh, where are we in the trajectory? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's hard to say whether if you're in the middle because I agree with you, Jim. This is this is a ongoing and constantly morphing, you know, um, yeah. mm -hmm. right? There will there there will never be one. Even if there were one, there would still be challenges. So I, if I look in the rearview mirror and I think about from in the last, I, I never comment on years. So let's just call it, you know, in the last five <laughs> five to <laughs> ten years. The, um, I, we've made significant progress with opening up the doors, the gateways of data, some data, mm -hmm. um, you know, pushing some subset, a good framework of data to begin, at least for care transitions. And that's been, you know, that's significant because I think in most places you can share that if there's a certified EMR in the play you know, you're in pretty good shape to share care transitions information. If I look to the future though, we need to really, um, um, you know, ONC and the government, they've done a wonderful job. They've provided great incentives. They built out this framework. There's more framework to come, which is, you know, great to see the continued um, uh, evolution of it. But in the end, it needs to, um, it really needs to make sense for the patient, the provider, and the and and the payer. So there, um, if you look to the future, we constantly need to be, you know, uh, focused on the workflows that actually bring value across the ecosystem. Um, and and that to me is what can drive the continued innovation that will be required, even as we add new trust networks in, we add new you know common agreements. There will continue to be more and more of a need for value added services, for data interpretation, for um, you know, additional exchange with parties or devices that are not able you know, to receive the information. That will continue. So I'm not sure I answered your question. I, yeah, I, like, you did. You know, I well, yeah. We're middle, middle of the way there because I'm not sure that there, you know, that, that right. there's an end to it. Uh, I think we, we've got a lot of the piping in place and water's starting to flow through those pipes. So. Uh, we know that, but uh, Michelle, we're almost out of time, but before I let you go, um, if our listeners want to, uh, find more information about secure exchange solutions, services, and, and, and products, um, how can they find out more? Yep. Um, they can reach us info at secureexsolutions.com. We're also, you'll find us on LinkedIn, on, uh, Twitter, social media and um we'd love to hear from your listeners and you know we've got a great team of people who get super high marks for their interest and passion on solving a lot of these problems that aren't apparent generally on the surface but um i'd encourage them all to contact us today and we'll be happy to help with any your interoperability problems. And if folks didn't capture that URL, just Google Secure Exchange Solutions. 
that'll take you right there. Well, uh, to our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of Take Chronicles. I offer a special salute to my guest today, Michelle Darnell of Secure Exchange Solutions. Michelle, thanks for coming aboard today. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Happy New Year. Thank you. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. That's healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.